Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Number two of the Lombardi line here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, live from our South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. Ben Wilson with you, back alongside Wes Reynolds. I want to thank all of our hardworking crew behind the scenes Matt, Brendan, Jeff, our producer Steph behind the glass as well, uh, despite the construction zone that is the South Point uh, today. Wes, uh, just a one day thing. It's all right. A, a yeoman's effort. You, yeah, very, very much. Yeah, that is a great word to uh, describe it. If, uh, if you're just joining us and missed any of our breaking news at the top of the show, the biggest story in the sports betting world. Is in the NFL, where Saints and Packers has been moved officially to Jacksonville, where they'll play at the home of the Jaguars in week number one. And, West, we are now starting to see after that news came out just about an hour ago, right as we were coming on the air. Just about every book now in the uh, both the Nevada East Coast jurisdictions mm-hmm. have posted and reposted lines. This was Packers minus three on the road most of the offseason. Wes, looking like uh, fours pretty much market-wide right now, and 50s is a total. Yeah, including at BetMGM, minus four and then 50 the total. A couple four-and-a-halves out there, so not really a lot of variance here in the market. I think maybe some books will wait a little bit, might wait till later today or maybe tomorrow morning to see if more news comes out. And sometimes they also want to observe because because keep in mind, 
sports books don't just pay attention to their line. They pay attention to everybody else's too. And they will move on air if they see a move somewhere else and they'll want to match and kind of play follow the leader. So books don't necessarily just book on the action that they get there. They might see somebody across town gets a big bet and it's like, okay, this is a pretty sharp book. So they take pretty sharp action. So maybe we got to play follow the leader here. So you have some books, I think, kind of sitting out here a little bit. But where we are here at the South Point is posted for minus four and 50 and then also bet mgm the sponsor of this very mm-hmm. program the lombardi line minus four and 50 so that's pretty much probably what you're going to see across the board at least in the short term yes circa, yeah circa first book to post this in nevada and mm-hmm. we've seen other but again probably not going to see much of variation either four or four and a half when this is posted again saints and packers moved to jacksonville other thing we've been following today at least if you're a daily better you want to get some action in right now is on the weather sat a delay to start the u.s open tennis but they are now underway in Flushing Meadows. However, same cannot be said, Wes, on the uh, baseball card. A couple of postponements, and we did have one game postponed from yesterday in the Cardinals and Reds. It starts here uh, shortly. First off, we'll, uh, we'll run through the, the games actually postponed as I'm looking at the uh, also the, the line here. Seven inning doubleheader, by the way, there, uh, Wes, today in Cincinnati. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, double dip here for the Reds. I know the Cardinals are kind of on the periphery of the race, but it's almost like you got to stay mathematically still alive, but maybe not really in the Mm -hmm. race here. I don't think anybody really believes the Cardinals are that much of a legit contender, despite the fact that when you do look at the standings there in the National League, they're only, I believe, uh, two and a half games behind the Padres and the Reds. So you don't want to say that. So it's like mathematically alive, but you watch them and they're like, they're not really in this race are they but apparently they very well could be and they could be if they can get a sweep of the Reds today by the way the Reds uh, did have that league in the NL wildcard for that second spot the Dodgers obviously have the main lead uh, and 13 games ahead of second place for this wild I think card. that's wrapped up Wes yeah Dodgers <laughs> are going to be in the wild card if they don't catch the San Francisco Giants so one of those teams are going to be in so it's now the Padres and the Reds the Padres had kind of slipped back but now the Reds getting shut down by John Lester, of all people, at home on Monday. Go figure. So yeah. now you got a double dip today. It is Miley against Michaelis for St. Louis here in game one. And then Sonny Gray, who was supposed to be against Michaelis yesterday, Sonny Gray is going to go in the night in the night cap or the afternoon cap, if you want to call it, against J.A. Happ. As far as the NL East, though, uh, almost all of the teams, all but one, will be postponed today. Mentioned uh, the Phillies and Nationals. They are, those games, uh, that is off today, as well as Marlins and Mets. So mm-hmm. those two off the card. Braves, who currently have the lead in that NL East, they are in action tonight against the Dodgers. Blake Snell with that, uh, bringing that no-hitter into the uh, seventh inning last night. It was it would have been a team no-hitter, eventually broken right. up by the Diamondbacks. So, yeah, tied in the wild card race for that second spot. Reds and and the Padres with the Cardinals still lurking at two and a half back. What do you make of Miley, of Michaelis, though, uh, not, uh, and I should say Miley as well, but Michaelis, a guy who's only had a couple starts here coming off of injury. Guy was really productive for St. Louis right. in the past, but hard to really know what to make of him. He hasn't really haven't seen much. I think it's only 13 innings so far for him. Yeah, because you look, he would be kind of like one of those sell-high pitchers when you look at his yeah. numbers. 270 on the ERA, but 472 on the XPIP, the field need independent pitching, so he would look to be a fade, but Wade Miley also due for some negative regression. Miley and the Reds, minus 120 at BetMGM. 
Rams. Total of seven. little juice to the under. That is game one of a seven-inning double-dip Cardinals and Reds. Big matchup going on there. This is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you into our number two presented by BetMGM on a Wednesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us alongside Wes Reynolds. I'm Ben Wilson as we're tracking all, all different sports, Wes. That's what, we, that's what you do mainly. That's why I like to host with you because you're a man of many yeah, talents. We, we are uh, men for all seasons. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we, don't, yes. we don't just specialize. We are not one-trick ponies here Thank on you. this network. Thank, uh, yeah. Thanks for including me in that. I feel feel honored to be uh, to be included. We'll get you up to date as well uh, in a little bit later on the U.S. Open tennis, which is going on again. That was delayed due to the rain. They have a couple of the closed courts, the Louis Armstrong, Arthur Ashe Stadium courts in Flushing Meadows, but they are underway with the tennis. As far though as uh, the NFL news, we are seeing a number of, uh, of of now some some line moves coming out. We obviously mentioned West at the top of the show and, and the top of the hour here a moment ago. Packers um, and Saints being moved to Jacksonville, but there's also other implications around the league where we, we start to wonder now. Mm-hmm. What are these teams, especially at the quarterback position, going to do from the Cam Newton perspective? We saw, right, as basically you guys were on the air yesterday, Cam Newton being released. You and Femi were on the show. He, he gets cut, basically. Mac Jones is starting quarterback in New England. And now a lot of the kind of the reverberations around the league right. after we just had cut day have now centered around, all right, where are these guys going to land? Because presumably... Given the quarterback situation in the NFL, Cam Newton's going to play for somebody. And I, I would imagine we're, we will eventually see. I know some books were working on odds for next team for Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are spots that would even make sense at this point now that we've had kind of a day to process this and figure things out? Well, one that we kind of thought might have made a little bit of sense based on what Dallas did. They did let go of Garrett Gilbert and also Ben DiNucci. So they just have Dak Prescott, who obviously been some health concerns with Dak Prescott getting that second MR. All right, it looks like he's good to go because that line, I believe, reached nine. Now back down to about seven in the hook there. So certainly teasable if you like Tampa Bay teasing that favorite down to uh, through the three mm-hmm. and the seven. But that Dak is going to be good to go. And they also did keep Cooper Rush as the number two quarterback. So you kind of thought, okay, Jerry Jones and Steven Jones, sometimes allured by the big name and maybe the ability to kind of rehab a guy a little bit and, and get them back on the right track. Jerry Jones, I think, is always tempted by that in terms of star power down there in Dallas but Cam Newton uh, don't don't think unless he's going to be a battle for the three or four spot because the Dallas Cowboys this morning did get Will Greer who they claimed off waivers from the Carolina Panthers Carolina letting him go so Carolina going with uh, Sam Darnold and PJ Walker a lot of teams right now with two quarterbacks so there's a lot of maneuvering yeah. on the periphery of those like number three jobs really in the NFL so you kind of thought Cam Newton maybe to Dallas uh, maybe even to Baltimore to back up Lamar Jackson. Uh, Tyler Huntley now the backup there. So they have two quarterbacks on that 53-man roster. She thought maybe that would make sense. I know a lot of people immediately went to, Cam's going to be a Houston Texan. I'm like, <laughs> no. the, do the Houston Texans really need any more issues right yeah. now? Because if it is true, which I don't know that it is, obviously Bill Belichick was going to put the kibosh on that publicly, but we talked about Urban Meyer kind of saying the quiet part out loud. Mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe, you know, vaccination status uh, is going to determine your future in terms of this organization. Now, Bill Belichick said it didn't attribute to the release. And, you know, I don't think it was solely that. I think it might have been at least a small contributor to that. But I think a lot of it was football related because Mac Jones, I think, was getting through his progressions. And Mac Jones just looked better in the preseason than Cam Newton. And you could tell that from game one when they played against the Washington football team. So a lot of people thought the Texans maybe. But I think 
think the Texans will go with Tyrod Taylor, and Tyrod Taylor is a good veteran, uh, doesn't really lose games for you. They did draft Davis Mills in the third round out of Stanford, so he may get a look. Deshaun Watson is still on the roster. Now he is going to be listed as inactive, so it's like, do the Houston Texans really need any more headaches right now? Not not saying Cam is a headache necessarily, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yes, it's a good point. Just having any more drama within that organization for a team that's not going to win very many games this season, so he's going to be somewhere, but you know, there's not as many jobs out there, you know, and that's why I kind of laughed at social media after this broke where it's like, okay, Cam to here, Cam to here, Cam to here. It's like, wait a minute. There's not like just a ton of jobs out there where they're willing to go ahead and take a guy that comes off the worst season of his career that just got beat out for a job by a rookie quarterback who was the last rookie quarterback drafted in the first round. So it wasn't like he got beat out by the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, or something like that. Mac Jones was a middle first round pick, and he beat this guy out for the job. So I think Newton is going to be somewhere, but I just don't know where yet. Right, and look, we saw a couple of coaches. I don't know that this was necessarily as a result of this and, and, and having other somewhat notable quarterbacks available on, on the market just in general, but we saw Brian Flores come out and say pretty emphatically mm-hmm. last night, Tua, he's our guy going forward, and that I think yes. also as well, we saw some of the rumors floating around, Miami might be in the market to trade for Deshaun Watson, which even if they were to trade for him, whether or not he'd actually be even able to play is, is a whole other uh, other issue. Wes, mm-hmm. We also saw Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia make pretty much the same statement on Jalen Hurts, which uh, to me a little more interesting. What do you know that I mean, they just trade for Gardner Minshew to uh, to be a backup? So, well, for me, I mean, the first place I actually went to, Wes, you'll, I mean, you might laugh at this, Indianapolis, where like at least you'd have a, you, you could at least have some sort of injury insurance for Carson right. Wentz, who we do think is going to play now in what a week and a half's time. At least that's the thought. Yeah, and we keep is, going back and forth that on COVID-19, that. COVID-19 uh, protocol that has come back obviously rehabbing from the foot injury but also I believe he and Quentin Nelson and Ryan yeah. Kelly were kind of put in that protocol where I believe is it four days or five days I, I, I forget that you have to I think five the, the, the testing and then get all situated so you can be cleared to play but yeah you mentioned that right now of course uh, uh, Sam Ellinger now now hurt for the season so he is out Carson Wentz on that COVID list so basically with the Colts you do have one healthy quarterback right now, that being Jacob Eason, the fourth round pick in 2020 out of the University of Washington. Wentz is expected to be back. I think he's going to go against Seattle, but you do have, I mentioned, not only Wentz and Kelly, uh, also Eric Fisher, Quentin Nelson, I believe, now off that list, but still not clear in terms of the injury. Also, Zach Paschal, who is projected to be one of the three starting wide receivers for the Indianapolis Colts. T.Y. Hilton now is going to be out for a few weeks with an, in, with a, with an injury, so you know, injuries are kind of piling up for the Colts. So I guess realistically, in terms of a void, that would make sense. But it's like, how much money do you want to commit? Yeah. And does Cameron Newton really want to go there and be in that like, hey, I'm just insurance. It's a stopgap option. Yeah. For sure. I bring that up because, A, as we kind of look here at, at some of the NFL uh, games for week one that have seen line moves, that is probably one of them that is uh, that has gone the most significantly outside of Green Bay and New Orleans, which has moved because of a, a change in location, moved to Jacksonville. And we've seen Green Bay go for minus three to minus four as that has just been reposted here within the hour but Wes I mean you look at a Colts team who mm-hmm. I know you, you did the write-up on on the AFC South you're very familiar with uh, with this team it's a group that has the hardest strength of schedule the first five weeks in the NFL and then after that the easiest strength of schedule from week six on yeah. so you combine the fact you have a completely battered team at the moment we really don't know what we're going to get out of Carson Wentz and even if he was healthy there were a lot of question marks around this team so that's where you look at it now week one knowing they've got so many banged up parts on the group 
books uh, behind us, actually, at South Point, we've seen most books go from originally uh, with the Wentz edition, Colts are favored by about a point and a half. Mm-hmm. With his injury, this swung to Seattle about minus one and a half, same way. And it's kind of it's slow. It went up to two and a half. Had the reports Wentz would actually be playing, went back to one and a half. Well, now we're seeing two and a halfs at BetMGM and the rest of the market. Even three, though, behind us at South Point, the first book to go to three, which is pretty significant when you think about a book, especially going that far to move a road team in a, a game like this that's had so much toggling, as our friend Vinny Maiulo would like to say. But up to a full three, that feels pretty significant. Yeah, it, it certainly does because the Colts have had a lot of bad news here but what I think you're going to see now with this game is it depends on if you got that equity if you got Seattle as like a two and a half three point underdog which this was pretty much the opening line across the board now you can maybe say okay I've got them as an underdog and now maybe I can come back and do a middle like with the teaser like something like more, I think more pro betters do that and you know now you can tease the Indianapolis Colts if you want to up through the three and the seven eight and half so all of a sudden I got Seattle plus two and a half or three and now I'm getting over a touchdown plus on the Indianapolis Colts there's a little bit of a middle there if you got that first position but the Colts yet another uh, game here on the week one card that are right kind of near those key number teaser type of options so you mentioned about the Colts about that schedule and I did mention that in my write-up in the pro football betting guide which you can get at vcin.com I felt the Colts were going to struggle anyway, just not on the basis of the schedule, but at least out of the gate because you have a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. There is going to be, you know, even though he knows the system, just getting kind of acclimated with his team, how much preseason reps was he going to get, which ended up being none because he got injured in practice. So the Colts, I think, are a team because it reminded me of that team a few years ago with Andrew Luck. Remember when they started like one and five? And it's like, oh, God, this team is terrible. And then they ripped off like eight in a row in the middle of the season. And that's what I think this team really could be because I don't think the Tennessee Titans are world beaters in the AFC South. I still think that they have some question marks. They have a couple different uh, new coordinators now with uh, Arthur Smith now going to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So a new offensive coordinator in Tennessee, also a new defensive coordinator in Tennessee. Uh, linebacker coach was promoted to the defensive coordinator role. So Tennessee, I think, has a little bit of, of issues. Derrick Henry off that 2,000-yard-plus season. Is there going to be a little bit of regression? Every single running back in the history of the NFL that has rushed for 2,000 yards has regressed the following season. So I'm not convinced Tennessee is some runaway team here in this yeah, division. Yeah, look, considering that, considering the Jacksonville issues, which we've talked about covering that at the start of the show as well, where, again, Urban Meyer facing some backlash from the NFLPA for even if you think, you know, look, rightly making the point that it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot tougher for uh, unvaccinated players this year under the NFL protocols and basically saying what most people are thinking, at least head coaches are, that his final cuts, there were decisions that uh, were done because of a player's vaccination status. Between that, between the saga that is Houston, and it doesn't really, Houston's mm-hmm. roster is not really set up to compete anyway, so yeah. it's, it's going to be a mess there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Wes. AFC South uh, could be a, a complete mess this season, and uh, by the way, speaking of mess, and you talk about uh, Cam Newton, where will he go? And my thinking of, look, uh, could the Colts fit that bill? Is kind of a stopgap option. Points bet is the first book, actually, to post odds on where will Cam Newton take uh, his, his next, which team will Cam Newton go to next? Cowboys, who we just talked about, that probably should not really be in the running. Yeah, they just are, picked uh, up Will Greer they're now. They're plus 550. They're the co-favorites mm-hmm. with the Washington football 
football team, which surprises me because they've got a pretty good situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Plus, Ron Rivera came out uh, earlier in the, in the offseason, and they asked him pretty directly about if he had, he had any interest in, in signing Newton. And he said, uh, mm-hmm. look, no, we had the option. I mean, we've had the option a couple years ago, and, and uh, that was not a direct. And Ron Rivera did to. work with Cam Newton down it, there in Carolina, so maybe not apt to go back. You mentioned Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't say that that's like a totally solidified. He's solidified right. as the number one starter, but keep in mind this is his ninth team in 17 years. And you got Taylor Heineke. Yeah, and Taylor Heineke was yes. very good in, in, in that uh, role in terms of in the playoffs, having to come in, essentially won that second job. Kyle Allen, also still on the roster, who did work with that, that offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, and also Ron Rivera down in Carolina, so there's some continuity in the system. So, yeah, the Washington football team was not an option that really, I was surprised to see that a little bit up there. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, Ben is the starter, but, you know, maybe could be a backup there. I guess that could make some sense. The Ravens were six to one is Pittsburgh. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's probably too low. The Ravens kind of made at least a little bit of of sense because you've got a guy that can still, that can still run a little bit. uh, And I don't think, and they've got a young backup there in Tyler Huntley. Now Tyler Huntley was very good in the preseason for the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody's good for the Baltimore Ravens who have now won 20 preseason games in a row. That is an all time record in the national football league. So he's going to end somewhere, but, but I don't think that he, I don't think there's a place for him to start quite frankly in the national football league, even with all these rookie quarterbacks contending for jobs here. I don't think that there's a a really any place for him to land right now as the QB one. No, and the odds reflect that. I mean, Steelers Colts six to one and a number of these two would be, as we just talked about stopgap options. Yes. So if you're looking to bet these, I think the way the, the, uh, at least from points bet with these odds, it does kind of tax things a little bit Mm -hmm. where you've got the shortest odds at five and a half to one, the longest odds they're offering are 15 to one. Sure. Which, you know, again, you're for betting on something like this. If you really want to go that route, you're probably not getting the bang for your buck, no matter who you're betting, because you've got, look, uh, Indianapolis, six to one, Baltimore, Houston, Miami, eight to one. Again, Brian Flores saying emphatically, Tua is our guy. He is going to be the starting quarterback. Carolina, 10 to one. Matt Rule also had said uh, he was, that that was not going to be an option either. Uh, They're, they're set. They're going forward with Sam Darnold as their week one guy. Detroit, 10 to one, Arizona, Minnesota, the Jets all 12 to one and the Titans, Bengals, Seahawks, 15 to one. So on on that board, while this is kind of the the trendy, sexy thing to talk about, just it's not something I'm going to personally bet. No, no, you cannot make me touch this with a 10 foot pole, even though, you know, my first inkling would be Indianapolis. At six to one, uh, Wes. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, no, so thank sure. you for me. I'm not not so sure. Uh, well, we have a couple minutes too. Uh, we've mentioned as well. Look, college football week one uh, slate getting underway tomorrow, and we had Steve Mackinnon on earlier, getting uh, some of his thoughts on on some of his uh, how he you know he feels like things are going to play out. And Wes, I know you've already uh, fired on on a couple plays uh, to this point, and we're now getting to that that stretch of the week where, especially for these games tomorrow, we're mm-hmm. getting a lot of the line moves. We talked earlier about East Carolina, Appalachian State. That's moved now three and a half points down to App. State minus 10 from 13 and a half. A lot of money out west on Eastern Carolina. Where do you stand? I haven't asked you, but uh, you, you did the write-up for the Big Ten in our uh, mm-hmm. college football betting guide. Ohio State-Minnesota, that is going to be the premier game of at least this Thursday card and, and one of the top games in week number one. Is That is back up to Ohio State laying in even 14. It had gotten down to 13 and a half at some shops. They're now laying 14 in Minnesota with an untested quarterback at his first uh, start. Total of 62 and a half for that game for tomorrow. Is that something that uh, interests 
interesting. Yeah, interesting you might be able to get the hook, too. If you can get so? it, I think Minnesota is worth it. And I think Minnesota worth it at 14. I think that they're a legit dark horse in the West Division. Ten starters back on both sides of the ball. Expectations were high last year. They obviously disappointed from the get-go. And Michigan kind of went into Minneapolis and smacked them around in that opener in late October. But now expectations lowered a little bit. And I think more manageable for P.J. Flex, guys. So I did also already play the under at 64. You're now seeing some 63, 63 and a half out there. I think BetMGM is the low at 62, but some weather in the area. Ohio State maybe wants to establish the run in this rookie quarterback's first game. Minnesota is going to try to run the ball at least against this very good Ohio State front, which was one of the best in the country at stopping the run last year, 97 yards a game. So I felt that the total was put out a little bit high at 65 and a half. Didn't quite get that number, but I do like the under. All right, that'll be uh, looking forward to the full slate tomorrow. Thursday, college football week one getting underway. We'll talk also on the other side. MLB slate is underway for today. We have a score in our early game. We'll tell you about that. Update the U.S. Open odds as well. That's all on the other side right here on the Lombardi line. Yep. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
Welcome back in. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM on a Wednesday. Happy to have you along back with Wes Reynolds. I'm Ben Wilson. So much going on right now, Wes. Not just NFL, not just college football as we get ready for uh, week one of the college football slate tomorrow, week one of the NFL season eight days from now, but also the other stuff. And the MLB card, it's underway. Bit pretty big uh, double dip today for your Reds, Wes. A sweep, and they can get back up to four and a half games yeah. above the Cardinals in the wild card race, currently tied with the Padres for that second wild card spot. They could also, if they get swept, it could be Cardinals within a half game of the of the wild card race, at least of the Reds, depending on how the Padres do uh, later on today in Arizona. And a good start for the Cards, Paul Goldschmidt, who uh, who has started slow, coming on pretty strong, though, as of late. 23rd home run, solo shot off of Wade Miley to make it one nothing. Yeah, he hit that inning. one to Sandusky, too. I saw the video of that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Goldie on bomb. the board already now. Reds in the bottom frame at the first, and uh, two retired already for Miles Michaels. Looking at it now at, uh, at seeing the live odds. Cardinals now minus 150 again. This is a seven-inning game, first of the double dip, seven and a half. Your live total Reds at plus 120. And for, like, uh, I love Wade Miley, and he's been a great story this year. But we saw this story, and again, like it's a solo home run in the first. So I don't want to overreact. But Wes, we saw in the 2018 playoff run with the Brewers, he was a guy. You got he was so good for them. They basically paid mm-hmm. nothing for him. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same way the card, the uh, the Reds got Miley this yep. past offseason, reuniting him with Derek Johnson, who was his pitching coach in Milwaukee. But we saw as soon as we got to September and into October, Miley, like the production wore off. And this is an old, a veteran guy. He's been around a long time. So I, I don't know. Do you worry about that at all with, with him going forward? A veteran guy who's put a lot of a lot of innings on that arm. Right. And look, there is some regression, you would think, coming for Wade Miley. 279 on the ERA and 402 in terms of the XFIP. But maybe not a lot of regression. I think he's a guy that really knows how to pitch. He pitches location, location, location like a good real estate agent. Not doesn't necessarily and can't necessarily overpower you from this standpoint. So one of the things for the Reds, though, we talk about the pitching. The last couple of days, they haven't been hitting at all. I think they have like four hits in the last two games. Uh, the bats were very poor in Miami, and they were also poor on Monday night when John Lester comes in, who I think is kind of a little bit past his expiration date, at least as an effective yeah, higher-end big league pitcher. And look, he shut the Reds down. So now is Miles Michaelis going to do the same here in Cincinnati? Uh, now's not the time for the bats to cool off. Because the Reds have, uh, despite the injuries throughout the season, they have had very potent bats in terms of Jonathan India, who looks likely to win the NL Rookie of the Year. Certainly was the favorite, I believe, as of last week. Castellanos, Votto having a rebound season. They have Moustakas back. So they've got the bats, but they've been cooled off the last few yeah, days. Yeah, look, it, it just goes to show, though, I mean, in a race like this, especially with so many teams now in, in streaking-type positions where you've got a lot of bad teams at the bottom of the, of the league to pick off, for as good as the Reds have been West. You, you just can't afford to let up at all. And you know, you saw them get to within six and a half games of Milwaukee. That division race, you could argue, was not over. Well, all of a sudden, you lose a few games in a row. Brewers mm-hmm. get the benefit of playing a Giants team who's all of a sudden been ravaged by COVID right. at the last second. They've won two straight in the Bay Area. All of a sudden, that's back up to double digits, and you're back to really just holding out hope here for uh, for the wild cards. It really just goes to show how fleeting uh, that is for, and especially for a team like Cincinnati, who like I, we both like, and I, I've been really high on them this year, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the margins are pretty small as we get into you know into September. I just wonder how you know how this will play out going forward for them. Uh, and again, it, the first game of a, of, of a twin bill. Uh, the the second game later today when they take on uh, the Cardinals, that'll be Jay Happ. You could also argue other guy passed his expiration date against Sonny Gray. They've already set that the market by the way. BetMGM minus one sixty five in the second game total uh, of seven. And depending on if, if the Cardinals win game one, Wes, you, I know a lot of the angles betters look at in these double headers is well, you just take the team that lost in game one. 
one, really hard to sweep these. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you might. I don't know. Would you see a little bit of a tick up uh, from from that if uh, the Cardinals win game? I one think here? you certainly would. I would yeah. not be shocked to see one seventy a dollar seventy five here. Of course, uh, Jay Happ with an ERA about five and three quarters in the XFIP, not that much better. Still an XFIP over five, so that's not very good from a fielding independent standpoint. Sunny Gray, I think, has been pretty consistent this year, so I would think you're going to see a dollar seventy five at the Reds drop this first game. By the way, elsewhere in in the tennis, U.S. Open going on first day of the second round. Well, they are back, unfortunately, under a weather delay. Again, expecting all sorts of rain on the eastern seaboard today. Remnants of Hurricane Ida. We already saw a couple baseball games. Phillies, Nats, Mets, Marlins. Those are off for later today. And uh, right now, one other, finally, to bring you, Simona Halep. Great to see her back, Wes, Mm -hmm. who uh, has missed a couple of the major in the Grand Slams this year. Missed the Olympics due to injury. Uh, Really a, a good player for the game to just bring over all the depth of women's tennis as she beats Christina Kuchova three and one as a minus 1,000 favorite at BetMGM, so a massive favorite. No surprise there. All the other matches, though, are suspended at the moment. Only one ongoing in the indoor courts. Victoria Azarenka up a break in the first set against Jasmine Paulini. She was a massive favorite as well. That's a minus 725. There's, before we end the show, Wes, there's a play I do like that will be played. It's one of the indoor courts, Louis Armstrong. We're going to talk about that in our final segment. But up next, one of our favorite guests, Gam Blue, Lou Finicaro, going to talk to us about the upcoming UFC fight night on Saturday night. He joins us next right here on the Lombardi Line. Start planning your football contest strategy, and the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, Ben Wilson with you. Lombardi Line, a couple segments left on our Wednesday show. So happy to be welcome. Welcoming in our good friend, Gambalu, Lou Finicaro, Points Red Weekly contributor, our UFC guys. He joins us from Arizona. Great to see you as always, Lou. I understand you've got a new podcast you're launching. That is going to be a must-add to my subscription list, the Bout Business podcast. Bout Business. Bout Business. Yes. Let's go, Lou. Well, first of all, guys, thanks so much for having me on, as well mentioning the pod. It's new. Uh, There's an initial podcast currently out. I just... Uh, I, I run with uh, smoke signals, so I don't really know how to broadcast it. <laughs> However, Saturday's podcast will include betable information, so I will have uh, my ducks in a row by then. So thanks for mentioning it. Uh, we have a great card this week, originally scheduled for London, and because of obviously the world situation, it's here in Las Vegas, which changes the dynamics considerably for those who are from England that were planning on being in front of family and friends now are the ones that travel into Las Vegas. Yeah, and uh, certainly it's, it's ended up, we've had a number of these uh, Apex fights in in Las Vegas, not far from uh, where we sit, Lou, at our South Point Sportsbook studio. As far as the uh, main event tonight on the, uh, the the middleweight bout, Derek Brunson, Darren Till, we've actually seen a little bit of money come in on the underdog, BetMGM, as of last night, was minus 175 until down to a buck 75 today, so not a massive move, but a little bit of action coming, coming in on the uh, underdog, Till. How do you see our main event fight going? 
I find this to be a fascinating fight. There's a lot of unknown on the Till side. He's only had two fights at 85. Uh, the first where he really impressed and uh, beat Calvin Gastelum, but that was a couple of years ago now. And then his most recent, a year ago, uh, against Robert Whitaker, where he competed well and and uh, really showed well for himself. However, he's been injury prone, has had to take time off, that's uh, to, to cure his uh, shoulder and injuries. That's what's caused his inactivity. And I'm not so certain that I'm sold on him at 85. Uh, at that weight class, his style of fighting, or at any weight class, is kind of European. He's up, upright, a striker for the most part. He can compete on the floor, but he wants to strike. His footwork is good for a man his size. And if this fight stays on the feet, he'll surely have advantage over his opponent, Derek Brunson, 37-year-old wrestling-based fighter, who I believe really needs to sell out and sell out early to get Till off his feet in order to control this fight. It's a great setup. I think it's lined pretty correctly. Over under at four and a half, I think maybe reflects the fact uh, that they're giving Brunson some respect but he has to get it to the floor. And if it's on the feet, uh, that's Till's recipe to in fact maybe go under that four and a half or finish Derek Brunson inside the distance. Lou here in the co-main, a couple heavyweights, kind of on the periphery of the top 10 here, Tom Aspinall and Sergey Spivak. And step up in class, really, for both of these guys. If you look, uh, both of these guys off beating longtime veteran mainstays of the UFC. Of course, uh, Aspinall did get that submission via rear naked choke over Andre Arlovsky earlier in February on that Blades versus Derek Lewis undercard. And you look at Sergey Spivak also. Uh, not a lot of time in between fights, about the little more than two months. He did beat Alexi Olenek by unanimous decision on that Korean zombie versus Dan Ige undercard. So, two guys that are kind of trying to work their way into the top ten here. Aspinall, the favorite at about minus 250. Yes, and Aspinall, an Englishman. He's an Englishman that shares a gym with Till. And again, this this whole card was tailored for sure. London and that region. Uh, considering that, I think they, they've given Aspinall a favorable situation in his first fight. That got canceled, and in on short notice comes in Sergei Spivak. Now, Spivak, the polar bear, uh, doesn't get much credit, but he's won his last few fights. He takes this fight on short notice and travels all the way across the world to come and take this opportunity. He knows exactly what he's getting, and so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for Aspinall. Should Aspinall be the favorite? Yes. I think the UFC wants to see him further his career, as well he has the talent to win this fight. However, uh, as opposed to a side, I think I'll look for the total, and I'll take the over in this fight, simply because I think Spivak's getting a little bit under estimated and he's there to fight and he's going to compete and I don't think this will be just a cakewalk for the favorite Tom Aspinall. Look, anytime you, you have a nickname of the polar bear, Wes, and you have a tattoo that spans nearly your entire chest of a polar you gotta bear. You got to live up to that. You got to live up to it. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's got to figure in, into some of the handicap. <laughs> uh, Lou is, well, is, yeah. He li he lives up to it by being slow and moving straight that's, ahead. So <laughs> there are some things he has to So that's right down my alley uh, with those well, characteristics. 
that's I'm glad glad we could find yes common ground uh, with with the polar bear there. Uh, as far as the welterweight bout that will precede the uh, the co-main here, seeing uh, whenever I look at my screen and I see greens and reds flash, that usually means bets are coming in, and they are coming in right now in the underdog in the Alex Morano David Zawada fight. As it's down to a bet MGM, that's the low water mark. As it's from minus a buck fifty to minus one thirty five, and Morano plus one fifteen now on the underdog. Do you agree with the, the line move that we're seeing there? Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised by it. Zawada has the more well-rounded game. And so uh, Morono, uh, obviously, even though he's hot, his last defeat, uh, I should say his last victory was uh, to dominate Cowboy Cerrone. But he shouldn't be underestimated here. And, in fact, with value uh, coming Morono's way. I'll look hard at this handicap through the next few days to see if Morono's worth the tag. But if you're interested in Zawada, unfortunately, you missed the boat. Yep, yeah, it seems seems like it. Uh, Gam Blue, follow him at there at that uh, at that handle on Twitter, and also check out his new podcast. I can't wait to check it out. The only guy I know, Wes, who who does a podcast with Smoke Signals. So I, I like awesome. the uh, title about business. Yes. About business, absolutely. Uh, about that action boss here, uh, Lou yeah. Finnecaro on get the down fight to game. Uh, so yes, Lou Finnecaro, check him out uh, there. And we're looking forward, as always, to uh, seeing how the UFC event uh, plays out. So give him a follow, Lou. As always, thanks for the time, my friend. Great to see you. Thank you, Lou. Thanks so much, guys. Good luck, everyone. You bet. All right, Wes, unfortunately for your Cincinnati Reds, another uh, another solo shot given up by Wade Miley. 2 nothing. Yeah, Harrison the Reds Bader. are getting the business right now they, from uh, Miles Michaelis. A uh, very good start for him today. Not what you want. Uh, looking at it live, and this is a seven-inning game, first of a double dip. Cardinals now up to minus 220 on the live odds, plus 180 coming back on the Cincinnati Reds. Important games. We're into September baseball. Uh, on the other side, we'll give out our best bets for the action still to come today. Also, maybe look ahead to some of the big college football matchups that we've not talked about yet in the Week one slate. That is all still to come as we wrap up the Lombardi line next. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only 
And that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. GM, anyone can capture that Grand Slam championship feeling. Step on the court with the King of Sportsbooks for a chance to win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 wager on any player to win the big tournament in Queens, New York. If any player serves an ace, you win $100 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VEASAN100 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Sign up now and get access to BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds, specials, daily deals, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VEASAN100 to win $100 and free bets if any player serves an ace in New York. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back. Final segment on the Lombardi line. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Wednesday. Thanks to Stephanie Kamerschek, our outstanding producer behind the glass. As I'm Ben Wilson, back with Wes Reynolds from our South Point Sportsbook Studios. Uh, construction day here at the South Point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, disregard the, the, the weird black screens. But what it, even though there might be construction going on, the action never stops. You, people can still bet, by the way, here at the South Point. The race book is open. And uh, we've got tennis underway, even though uh, it is in a rain delay, at least on the outer courts. So right now, only action going on is in the indoor courts. But it leads us into some of our uh, best bets for today. Uh, Wes, I know you, you do want to take a stab. You're, you're liking Sloane Stevens' chances tonight as she takes on uh, Coco Golf. That's probably going to be the, the main primetime game that we, uh, the match, I should say, that we get seen on Arthur Ashe mm-hmm. first to start the, uh, the night session. So, going to be interesting. Should know it also. You, you talked about the, the draws for all these Americans. Fewest Americans out of the first round since 2012. That I should say yes. advanced out of the first round, not yes. that were eliminated. So, been a disappointing start to the tournament. And we get two more Americans, so Stevens and uh, Goff, squared up tonight. Yeah, and I'm going to take the 2017 champion at a little bit over $2, that being Sloane Stevens. Uh, kind of an awkward uh, uh, matchup here for Coco Goff. Sloane Stevens is actually her longtime mentor and friend. And after Coco Goff did escape from the first round, she did speak about how Sloane Stevens came to her 10th birthday party and the murmuries from that. So, uh, look, Sloane Stevens is going to know her game well, and Sloane Stevens I thought was very good in the first round. Uh, a counterpuncher type of player did beat Madison Keys. I know it's been a rough year for Madison Keys, but beat her on Arthur Ashe Stadium on Monday. So I think she's prepared for this because Coco Goff is a power player, relatively aggressive. Sloane Stevens kind of tends to play her best at 
the U.S. Open, uh, and she really, you know, is kind of one of those big game hunters. She's almost like a Louis Oosthuizen in golf. Always kind of shows up in grand <laughs> like slams. Yeah. Always kind of shows up in majors. So I thought at a little over two to one, this was a big price for Coco Golf. So I took a shot with Sloan Stevens. That'll be one of the primetime matches tonight on the U.S. Open, depending on what the weather does here in Flushing Meadows. Yes, well, at least that is one of the indoor courts. We will see that yes. eventually be played. Daniel Medvedev just underway, by the way, and Arthur Ashe against Dominic Kepfer, the German two-seeded Medvedev. Uh, they are underway there. All the other matches suspended. We've only had a, a few finals in the books already. Yo, I'm going to look to Wes's on the men's side. It's been a, a crazy tournament so far. A ton of upsets. Mm-hmm. ton of wild back-and-forth matches. We've already seen eight comebacks by men's players from down two sets to none. The record was 10, which was set back in 2012. So we only need two more to tie the record, and we're only in the second round, Wes. So where I'm going to be looking at is a match I could easily see going uh, five sets, and that is Francis Tiafo. You talk about Coco Gauff, mm-hmm. brilliant young American, uh, Tiafo, who was hailed as sort of the next savior of American tennis, yes. has struggled like many have to live up to those expectations. But at the same time, carved out a really nice career for himself. He won in four sets in his first round match, about a three-hour match, and he now takes on Guido Pella. I would say, Wes, pretty rightful favorite, Tiafo here. I'm going to be looking, though, at the, the over, and if you can play this, mostly if you're in an East Coast jurisdiction, you can play the over the over three and a half sets. Again, these are best of five sets, so minimum three sets. If you think either player now wins in four or five, that is only minus 130, which I uh, I feel comfortable laying mm-hmm. that up to about minus 150. Guido Pella, a guy who just took out uh, one of the seeded players, the 32nd seed, in another long match, three hours. This, this has all the makings, Wes, of a four, five-hour long match. Yeah, I could Open. certainly see that, and I've seen uh, guys I respect, actually, on both sides of the handicap, the games handicap, yeah. which is called the Asian handicap between Pella and, of course, Tiafo. And really, if you look at Pella, had a couple good results in Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. Beat Gofan, beat Fonini, so those are named players. And then Tiafo beats uh, uh, Shapovalov up in Toronto, then plays in Washington, D.C., and he's beaten by a guy ranked outside the top 100. And then a guy, I think it was uh, Mikhail Emer, correct me on the pronunciation if I'm wrong, but he was like world number 90. So both these guys have been kind of erratic. So to your point, that would make me like the over. I think you see a lot of service breaks in this yeah. match, and uh, that usually is good for an over if you're playing a uh, total in tennis. And Michael Eimer, I believe. Uh, Eimer, okay. Swedish, yes, the okay. Swedish man who Tiafo beat. And Pella took out Philip Kurjinovic, the 32nd seed, in uh, four sets. Also, in West, looking at and tennis abstract has a lot of this data, too. The combined serve and return points won. 110% of your combined serve and return points won is considered elite in tennis. Neither of these guys are close to that. Tiafo right at about 100% combined. Pella at about 95%. But it should be pointed out, this is probably Pella's best surface. And uh, as a lefty, he's a lefty too, so it can give uh, Tiafo yeah. some problems. Tiafo, like, you know for sure, you never really know what to expect out of him, and I think it's why you see the uh, smart betters on both sides of this. You know he's going to give you an entertaining performance. Yes. And we know too, like, the fans the fans love these four or five set matches at the U.S. Open. Look, the conditions are really hot. It's We've seen a lot of physical, long matches early. I think that's going to be a big factor as we get deeper into this tournament, Wes. And so mm-hmm. I think for a match like this, it's really hard for me to see either one of these players as steamrolling. So that's 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 where I'm going. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think your All logic right. is spot on in this match. Thanks for that. Ba- I did also ask Gil Alexander, our, our tennis guy, and he was like, "Oh, only minus one thirty. That's not a bad price." Mm-hmm. I feel good. Uh, by the way, while we are giving out our uh, giving out our tennis picks for today, Wes, your Reds. Getting some help from the pitcher spot, even though Wade Miley, look, struggling on the mound. Uh, Don't say the same about him at the plate, because after Tucker Barnhart, by the way, you got to love this, Wes, it's September, which means... 
it's it's playoff baseball season. It's right around the corner, and the Reds played some small ball. Like Tucker Barnhart bunts single to drive in a run. Uh, that scores Joey Votto. And then how about Wade Miley doubling down the left field line to tie us up at two apiece. So if you uh, if you like the over in this spot, it was seven for the seven-inning game. You're off to a good start. Two, two Reds as we are actually, sorry, now I just added another, another one. Wade Miley yes, with uh, a two-run double there. That scored and, uh, two. Yeah, my, yeah, I looked up, saw only one run come across. It was actually a two-run double. So Look at that, Wes. 3-2. Yeah. How about those red legs? Yeah, they certainly needed it. Wade Miley absolutely helping his cause. And you mentioned my man Tucker B. from yeah. Brownsburg, Indiana. Yeah, Tucker course. Barnhard. So, always loyal to Tucker here and getting it done with the bat. Scored Joey Votto, who drew a leadoff walk. Uh, that's what you always don't want to do. Don't walk the leadoff man in baseball. I feel I sound mm-hmm. like Hawk Harrelson all the time, uh, the longtime <laughs> White Sox guy. Don't walk the leadoff man, dadgummit. You, that's what we love, Patrick Westside. What, like we we get in the last five minutes, we get the ten, who was at the ten-year-old's birthday party in yes. the, in a tennis coming yes. full circle nine years later. We get we get the Hawk Harrelson. You got to go beneath the surface. We with get some the, of these. We get angles. the Brownsville, Indiana, whatever, whatever. Brownsburg. Small, sorry, my bad. Whatever small town. Yeah, that's what you get with with West Reynolds. Uh, look, you get it from every sport too, because we also have college football, West, to uh, to talk about. I know we you you mm-hmm. are definitely of the thought that uh, Minnesota makes it a close game and, and keeps it close against Ohio State tomorrow night. That will kick off our our slate uh, that's one probably the marquee game on the Thursday night card for week one in college football but look another uh, number of interesting matchups as well involving power five teams on uh, tomorrow's card what are some games as we've now started to see some line movement here we're coming up on 24 hours till these kickoffs uh, that are catching your eyes we uh, we get ready yeah I did play a couple I mentioned that under in Ohio State Minnesota and also took a piece of 14 I want to see if I can get a little bit more than 14 I might be able to get a hook if you're looking for that I think that's a little much now Ohio State certainly they're always capable of blowing out Minnesota or blowing out a team on the road but they do have to replace a lot of production Minnesota brings a lot back so I think the Gophers may have a little bit of something for them Uh, I also uh, did play side and total in another game tomorrow it has already moved it's now up to 14 and a half I laid 14 but still don't think 14 and a half is necessarily the worst year Temple's in a complete rebuild and Rutgers uh, actually surprised in its first year they were very competitive under Greg Schiano making his uh, his second act, if you will, in Piscataway as the Rutgers head coach. Obviously, this is a different uh, horse of a different color, really, because of the fact that Rutgers now in the Big Ten, and he got it done in the Big East when he got Rutgers into that top ten. If you remember that chopping wood mantra all oh, those yeah. years ago with uh, Rutgers, and and they got there. But I did lay it with Rutgers. Also laid the over fifty one and a half still available. By the way, I went over fifty one. I think fifty one and a half is still fine. You see as high as fifty three at some sharp faraway places so I do like the over and the favorite in that game I think Rutgers uh, can really do away with Temple this is a rebuild for Rod Carey's bunch although Dewan Mathis does come back in a talented kid that only got one game in Georgia it was kind of a bad game he played against Arkansas and then he saw the bench they were with Stenson Bennett and then JT Daniels got healthy and they went with JT Daniels so favorite in the over for me there and then uh, another one that is kind of interesting tomorrow kind of a battle of the group of five some of the yeah. top group of five programs, and that is Boise State and Central Florida. And I'm still trying to determine what I want 
to do with this game. You've seen some respected opinion on both sides. A little bit of a drop in the total, but if you look, the over maybe could make sense here because new offensive coordinator at Boise, of course, Andy Avalos, now the new head coach with Brian Harson now down at Auburn. Tim Plough is the new uh, offensive coordinator there at Boise, and he ran an offense about 23 seconds of play at UC Davis on the FCS level. That would have been top 25 if they ranked that on the FBS level. And then G.J. Kenny is now the offensive coordinator at UCF under Gus Malzahn. Kenny was at Hawaii last year, and their tempo was 33rd in terms of plays, and that's the name of the game in college, really, is a lot of these offenses. Run as many plays as you can, as fast as you can. So this could be a fast-paced game, but it's so hard that first game because you always wonder if defenses are kind of ahead of offenses. So from that standpoint, I have not yet played that game, but I did just mention Rutgers Mm -hmm. and the over. Also lean a little bit, uh, was looking at the Tennessee game. Maybe Tennessee in the first half. Uh, They are a big favorite. Is it now up to 21.5, 22? But Bowling Green is not very good. So I 35 and a half for the game at some spots. And this is Josh Heupel making his debut in Knoxville. So, you know, you got spectators there in Neyland Stadium. Some of these coaches want to make good impressions. So I think Tennessee absolutely lays over Bowling Green. All right. By the way, 3-3 in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yep. This is going to go back. If you're an in-game better, this is why betting baseball can mm-hmm. be great. You could have both sides right now at, uh, at a near plus uh, 200 price at the moment. Uh, anyway, Wes, always a pleasure, man. Great to cover basically everything. You got it, man. Appreciate Good to be with you, Ben. Absolutely. Wes Reynolds. Give him a follow at Wes Reynolds 1. Thanks to Stephanie Kamerschek, outstanding producer. I'm Ben Wilson saying it's so long we send it off to the nuts. It's Circa next. I'm all shot. Mike Palm. Take it away after this. has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.